This is the sound of the Horton and Portynan lifeboat being launched. It's fast, modern and efficient. 100 years ago, it was a very different story. Then the lifeboat was launched using horses. My name's Laurie Grove, and I'm the operations manager of the Horton and Portynan lifeboat. On January the 1st, 1916, the steamer Dunvegan ran aground at Pennard Cliffs in treacherous conditions. This is how the Cambria Daily Leader reported the courageous attempts by the crew of the RLI's lifeboat Janet to go to her rescue. At this time, the sea was a seething cauldron, with fearful breakers throwing themselves on the rocks and waves that would do credit to an Atlantic storm roaring up the channel. Oh, hi guys, come on in. Come and have a cup of the kettles on. Oh, lovely, thanks. Rosemary Garrington, Carol Jones and Rachel Morris are all descendants of the men who manned the lifeboat on that fateful day in 1916. They're very proud of their heritage. They put themselves out for other people. They did something that was really important and it gives you that sense of pride. Howling gales, rough seas, storms, bad visibility. I mean, when they left, they never knew if they were coming home. Strong men, strong men. It's hard to imagine what it must have been like to row a lifeboat through seas like that. This is another quote from the Daily Leader, read by a member of the present Horton and Portynan lifeboat crew. The launch was no easy matter. Watchers on the shore saw her now mounting the crest of a terrific wave. The 12 pairs of strong arms bent to the task of bringing her up to the teeth of the gale. After two hours at sea, the lifeboat reached the Dunvegan. This is how a crew member described the scene. We were astern the steamer. We knew we could not render any assistance in that position. No man alive, no crew alive, could have made headway in that boiling sea. We fought as long as we could, but realised how futile it was. Unable to get back to Portine and because of the conditions, they headed for Mumbles and then disaster struck. A huge sea came under the starboard quarter, lifted us out of the water and turned us clean over. Thirteen men were under that craft, struggling for their lives. When the boat righted, it was found that William Einan, the second coxswain, and his brother-in-law, George Harry, had been lost. Minutes later, another wave struck the lifeboat and took coxswain Billy Gibbs. By the time they reached Mumbles, a few miles away, they had been at sea for 24 hours and three men were dead. The people of Portynan placed a monument at the church as a permanent reminder. Uh, we're now in Portynan at the site of the uh, memorial statue to the three that died uh, in the 1916 disaster. This statue and, and the story of the, of the, of the Portine disaster is, is, is quite, quite relevant to me. My, my grandfather and, and great-grandfather were on, on the crew that day. And in my family, we have five generations of, of lifeboatmen. Gallant William. He had the heart of a lion. 
There was nothing on earth, and no sea that ever ebbed or flowed, that Coxon Gibbs would not face. He died, perhaps as he would have wished, battling with the elements in the hope of saving life. Hello, this is Louise Minchin. You've been listening to the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 voices or subscribe to RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.